Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, from the guillotine to Hell's Anvil, we've got you covered. We've got everything under the sun covered. Uh, my name is Justin. I'm one of the hosts here. Joining under me today is always Justin. It was right there. <laughs> under the twin suns, uh, low hanging fruit, Kyle, yeah, as you would no. say. <laughs> um, joining me today, as always, are my co hosts. This is Josh, and I just want to say that my really good friend Kyle is really wizard. Ah, uh, he said the thing! That's how I felt when uh, Din... Uh, this is Kyle, and that's how I felt when Din said, um, uh, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. I'm like, he said, he said the thing, thing. he says! Yeah! <laughs> it sounded thing, so much like it that thing. I'm like, did they just reuse the vocal they very well may from have. the first episode? <laughs> they yeah. very well may have, because it sounds exactly the same. But that is a uh, killer-like catchphrase for a bounty hunter. Yeah. Very, very sick. Yeah. Uh, it's um, one of those things that uh, you go, hey, uh, Mando, we've got a really big episode this week. We're going to have to reuse two lines from uh, season one <laughs> yeah. of your show. We're not going to pay you for those, just FYI. Yeah. Oh, okay. Save it on the budget a little bit. <laughs> right. You know, although in the first season, I can bring you in cold meant carbonite, and now it, it means, means dead, bodyless. Like a, yeah. Man, brutal. Wow. Brutal with that dark saber. It was, uh, While we're talking catchphrase, I'm annoyed that the one other bounty hunter said the catchphrase the one time, though. I say hands off, din only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Unless agreed. he said, Whoa. unless he said, said it and then said, "TM uh, the Mandalorian." <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we we welcome you with open arms. Glad to have you here. Thank you for Wait listening. On, and if, you, right if you've been listening, <laughs> uh, we do like to drop song references. Wow! All this in the cold open. This is a, a show. Ooh, right? It's called, this, yeah, this open ain't cold. This is a hot open. And there's <laughs> Josh dropping some Creed apparently. <laughs> In the opening, um, we do like to drop some song references from time to time. Um, but uh, if you're tuning in, we're, we're glad to have you. If you've been listening, thanks for coming back. Yeah. Um, hopefully still you've had an opportunity to, um, <laughs> to join us. It's probably because the Friday night live streams when oh. we get like amazing guests like Rohit on there. Because uh, that was a that I was can't a fun, wait for a wrestling fun Friday night we're going to have. A nice know, this you, is be awesome. I picked out a singlet. It's one of the one strap onlys, like with Andre the Giant, Ooh, so Andre, I can show one okay. titty. Yeah, one titty, okay. just one. Right. Keeping it PG thirteen. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the um, George Lucas was actually a pretty big Creed fan. And you know, I don't know. If, do you remember when John Stewart asked him where um, Obi, what planet Obi Wan was from? And like he pandered to him and he said, Oh, he's actually from the planet of Stujan. And then that became canon. Mm-hmm. So, him being a very big Creed fan, the single trooper aerial trans or the single trooper aerial platform that the droids, uh, you know, the step mm-hmm. was step. actually named after Scott Step. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> that's why people nice. tune into this show. Josh's uh, expansive Just knowledge don't look it up. here. Just yeah. trust me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've done my own research. It. It's on a podcast. How could it be fake? Yeah, it's got to be real, it's right? Practically news. You got to be yeah. careful with uh, you know misinformation coming out of podcasts. Ooh, hot take. Hot take in 2022. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, that's a topical reference, folks. <laughs> we are still streaming on well, Spotify, just like you know. Well, not everybody, but some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you you guys if you haven't tuned had an opportunity to tune in opportunity to tune into our live streams on Friday nights, they're a ton of fun. Um, we've been covering Book of Boba Fett during this whole release, so show drops on Wednesday. We talk about it on Friday. Um, we've had special guests on um, every week. It's been a ton of fun to have guests on and get their opinions and and different takes on things and um, just kind of just banter back and forth about nonsense too from time to time. So um, definitely a fun time. Tune in, check it out. Eight thirty Friday nights. Um, That's Eastern Facebook, Standard Time. Twitch and uh, was YouTube. I forget, like I was YouTube, missing, the, YouTube, the main God, the main video the watching app website. Yeah, so. Tune in, check us out. You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's everywhere, literally everywhere you find podcasts. Um, but we love we love hearing from you guys too. So please, you know, feel free drop us uh, a like, subscribe, drop us a, a, a rate, review, subscribe, a review, smash that yeah. like button, do the things, Thumbs man, up, do, do the all things. the stuff so, that they do on the internet. Yeah, we do have uh, we don't have a lot in the world of news this week, and we've got a ton to talk about with Book of Boba Fett here, and I got a feeling it's going to be some fun conversation. But but first, before we get into that, always counting it down. We got to talk a little bit about celebration, which is uh, sixteen weeks out now. It's it's close. We're radio we're just starting silence. driving. <laughs> radio silence. We're, uh, We've got our uh, driver's license. We're uh, getting ready to go to a celebration here. Planes, trains, automobiles, however you want to get there. But nothing, really. The only thing that I've seen is... I I think there was an email that basically came out and said, if you're still interested in being a helper, a vendor, whatever, you need to get that submission in within like the next week or so. I think it's too early February. And that was two weeks ago that went out. So Yeah. So... Uh, I don't remember what the exact due date was, but um, I know I'm pretty sure it was early February. So hopefully you got that in. Other than that, zero. No guess, no... Not much going on. No nada. But I'm assuming at this point they're planning on proceeding as normal, I guess. I don't know. We haven't had anything, so I don't know. It's, I it's no frustrating. Idea. No idea. So frustrating. So... Anyway, well, we are, we're going to dive into, we've been watching the Book of Boba Fett here, and we got hey, to episode hey, hey, five. Hey, hey, I have news, Oh, sir. Oh, 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 oh late guy. breaking. Oh, uh, well, one, one thing, this is going to feel like a shit post, but I actually read a thing that there's a rumor going around uh, that one disgraced former Jedi, Barris Hoffi. <sighs> I'm sick of you. Might be appearing <laughs> in the Ahsoka show. No, I actually did see this. Um, what do you feel? How you feeling, Kyle? I'm. I mean, it, what if it, what if she gets brutally murdered? What if what if what if Ahsoka gets her come up? Ahsoka wouldn't though. That's she the might. thing. She's not like that. That's not how <laughs> she. Might. That's not how she Quit does it. The dark side. Her so, master. um, I think it's possible. I I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm gonna say, um, Bullocks. No Barasafi in the Ahsoka. Yeah, show. there there happening. was no real source. It was just. <laughs> the internet. It was a, it was like a rel- relatively repu- reputable uh, internet. So, well, um, I'm not buying. I also, it. I also also just got a text uh, alert too. Oh, um, let me read this to you guys. 
Max Rebo will actually be pulling his music off of Spotify due mm. to our stap informa- misinformation. Wow. You, you know, you see what you did for us, Josh? <laughs> we had it coming. You spread lies mm. and uh, <laughs> classic musicians pull their entire catalog from the platform. It's tale as old as time. Terrible. I love Max Rebo, too. <sighs> Way to ruin it, I was man. a big Neil Young fan, but here we are. Just <laughs> the world we live in. And I'm just being stupid through COVID misinformation. Let's dive into um, let's dive into Book of Boba Fett here. Um, this was uh, episode five, which was Return of the Mando. Hey, look, everyone! It's Mando. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's pretty that much pretty what we job. got. It Justin. was like, wait a minute, uh, where's? Boba Fett. He's it chilling. was episode five, Return of the Mandalorian, which is all Mandalorian, um, except for like the last two minutes where we had some Fennec Shan, and that was about it. So, um, but, but there's some interesting takes on this that we'll get into a little bit later after we break this down and we kind of start talking about some of this stuff because I've heard some crazy, crazy theories uh, in the last couple of days. I've crazy watched this Star episode four times. Has anybody else watched this episode like four times or I'm at two and a half. that many times? Just you, my friend. I've watched, watched this episode four times between Wednesday and now just because I couldn't stop so watching. It? it was so good. Oh. I, yeah, I absolutely hated it. I had to go back and just hate on it some more. No, it was awesome. I loved the style. I loved the lore with it, the music. Just this episode was phenomenal. Um which is hard to say because it had no Boba Fett in it. <laughs> it it's the book of Boba Fett. So oh, there's um, tons of great Star Wars without Boba Fett. That's I mean, all, let's not also forget. I mean, most of, <laughs> most of it. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Um, Just happens to be his one, name on the title screen this week. <laughs> true. This is uh, written by John Favreau, director on this one, Bryce Dallas Howard, who has done some God amazing things with Star Wars. Yeah, Star queen. Wars to this point. So she is just killing it in the Star Wars world. Um, guest appearances, cameos in this episode: Pedro Pascal, of course, as the Mando Dinjarin. John Favreau back as Paz Vizsla, the voice of uh, Emily. Yes, the voice of the actual physical body is Tate Fletcher. If you didn't know that, he's a large man. Um, Emily Swallow, the armorer, was back. Amy Sedaris as Peli Mato was back. Uh, Artisher Rod Poor was uh, Kaba Baez, who we see in the beginning. Um, Helen Sadler played the Ishi Tib Guildmaster, who. Let's be honest, how many Ishi Tibs have we seen in Star Wars to this point in live action? Was that the f- first one? I think one, one? now. <laughs> I think that's the first one. So, Remember when I called your um, mom an Ishi Tib and then I realized what they looked like and I felt bad? Yeah, yes. Oops. That's not the ugliest <sighs> alien out there. We just kind that's of, true. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say it's like, oh, your, your mom is Your uh, mom's a Clatuinian. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Paul's son, Young Lee, as Captain Carson Teva was back. And then Max Lloyd Jones as Lieutenant Reed, um, who was also Luke's body double Lloyd at the end of Mando himself. season two. Yeah, with his He's got his own character now. Um, yeah. I should probably know this. I probably should have like looked it up before we just got on air. But was it actually Pedro in the, um, in the costume? Or did he also just provide the voice? I'm sure he was just the voice, right? I'm guessing. Good question. And one of one of the two to three other people that wear the suit was in the suit. That's my guess. That could be. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, really good episode this week. It was long. Uh, anytime we get more Star Wars content. Anytime we get longer episodes, it's good for good for us because we get more Star Wars. Um, but let's dive into this if one. If your episode Kyle, lasts more than four hours, call the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. Kyle, dive into this one. Let's, uh, let's go through the synopsis of this episode. Oh, geez. Sorry, I got distracted by <laughs> obscure hip hop lyrics. <laughs> Can that's I why, say, you, you know what? I was, when you mentioned Amy Sedaris, I'm going to say something that is going to be extremely controversial. We're probably going to uh-huh. lose half of our fans right now. I know there's certain people that don't even like her character, but I think she has some of the best comic relief in Star Wars from a human, from a human. Usually that's up to the droids or like a silly, yeah. like Jar Jar type alien. But for like a human playing a human, like actual person, she's up there. She's one of the funnier Ooh. ones in Star Wars. Usually the what people are serious. What other humans that we have are funny? Well, yeah, like that's, um, you're making my point for Han? me. Han? A, a little bit. Is it occasionally not, funny? A little bit. And he's more like say, sarcastic, not like I, silly. Yeah. I, I would say some of the lines that Poe and Finn had in the sequel trilogy That's towards terrible. the end got a little kind yeah. of campy like that, little, but little yeah, they fly now was a little humor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that was it, but I mean, hers are literally all she's funny comedy. She's good. Um, and she's if, if you, chops. if you like Peli Mato, stick around at the end of this episode, I've got a treat for you. I, we shouldn't overlook the Luke with the leaf. Oh, the force. You can feel uh, the force. That was good. That was, that was pretty good. That was yeah, good, but over yeah. their body of work. No, I know, I know. Luke's got one joke <laughs> on a lot of FaceTime. <laughs> Pelly's got tons yeah. of them. Oh, so tons anyway, of them. Uh, where are we going to talk about this episode? So we open on Din walking into like a meat processing plant, right? <laughs> Some, it's like the beginning of the Boondock Saints. And mm-hmm. uh, he. I was thinking Rocky. Uh, okay, same vibe. Yeah. Um, and he, it's run by a bunch of Klaatuinians. They're working the whole place, and he busts in to uh, confront Kaba Baez. Baez is that how you said it? Kaba Baez. Baez. Yeah. And uh, there's a bounty on it. Bounty out on him. There we go. And then we got audio of that. I see him right now. <laughs> That's not me. That doesn't even look like me. Has all the piercing. I'm going to give the rest of you the opportunity to walk out that door. I have no quarrel with you. Fair. That's fair. They're not going anywhere. Looks to me like you're surrounded. But you look like the practical type. Hmm. Let's discuss our options. This is great. This is great. Somebody needs to swallow. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. He said it. He said the thing. <laughs> he, he said, let's talk about options. Yep. You here's your two. options. There are That's two. it. You've got two. He chose cold. Yeah. He brought him in mm-hmm. like a uh, to-go order of sashimi. But as you- I love that you can hear his jowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as you could tell from the audio, uh, there's a big old fight. Din is 
Flash and the Darksaber manages to cut his own leg with it. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, the uh, Klaatuinians have perfect aim. They never miss his armor, not a single time, even from just a couple inches away. So uh, he beheads... They didn't need to. They're like, this fool's cutting his own leg. We yeah. gotta hit his... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get a couple ricochets going around the room for uh, for show. <laughs> but he he chops off Kababaya's head, and there's like the team of butchers or meat processors out there, and he's like, "Hey, there's a bunch of New Republic credits in there. They're all yours. Take whatever it. you think. Just let me get out of here." Uh, and he's gone. We don't really know how he gets there, but the next thing we know, he's limping through this giant ring. Would you guys call this a planet? It looks to me like it's like an artificially built structure, but I don't. Yeah, no, I, I would say structure. that. Yeah, is, the, yep. is it still a planet? Is it like a terraform? I, whatever. There's a large ring. No, it's not a planet. Okay, thank you. It's called Glavis, and it is very dope it's a looking. Halo. Um, it's a halo ring. Yeah, it's a big, uh, I guess, terraformed, populated structure. Was mm-hmm. it orbiting a planet? I think it was in a star system because there was light coming from a star, but I didn't notice that there was like a planet at the center of the ring or anything like that. No, there def- there was a there's an artificial light source of some sort at the center, and the structure, and they even showed this like the structure of the ring allowed for there to be like night and day for the people on the ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that wow. was a natural light source. That's I didn't, what I thought. I didn't think so, but maybe maybe it is. But I mean, how did you see how quickly it rotated through there between night and day? Like it wasn't like it was slow moving. It was moving. Maybe actually we were catching it quickly. right at the changeover, and they don't do dusk. It's night or it's day. Maybe. Night or day. <laughs> and we switch One it too. <laughs> don't fall off during <laughs> the like, switch. You need some blackout curtains on that planet if you're trying to get eight hours of sleep and it rotates that fast. But yeah. I would like to learn a little bit more about this ring thing, but Din's mm-hmm. on his way to get this bounty. I have no idea how he got there. Then we can talk about that later because he doesn't have a ship right now and they make a big deal of it, but he was traveling with a head and a bag. <laughs> on, re- so, on just a regular transport yeah. with a head and a bag. <laughs> like, uh, just oops, a, sorry. Just a burlap sack of a Klaatuinian's head. And uh, he mm-hmm. takes a turbo lift up to some kind of, it's like a little bar with a few patrons dancing and he goes into a back room where there's uh, some kind of band of ruffians and he meets this Ishi Tib that we don't get any name for and um, he wa- she wants According them. According to Josh, it's my mom. But hey, That was Justin's you know. mom. The Ishi Tib. <laughs> She's running her I apologize. <laughs> She's in the crime Sorry. game. I had no idea. She's getting She's uh, powerful. Well, uh, hey, knocking hey, off Plateauinians. That's not supposed to be out there. Yeah, Sorry. That's not supposed to be out there. Hey, is Are, are you Sicilian <laughs> or Italian? <laughs> Uh, I gotta look and see where they're. I think they're from oh, northern Italy. They're not from. They're not from southern Italy. We're safe. We're safe. <laughs> Nobody's getting whacked tonight. Mm-mm. Good to know. I don't Next wanna, week. I don't want any horses' heads in my bed or anything. Um, or Klaatuinian head. Or a Klaatuinian head. I don't know mm-hmm. which would be worse. <laughs> Probably the Klaatuinian because where did that come from? Uh. But they're like, hey, Din, that was fast. Why don't you eat, drink with us, be merry? They're having like a little, uh, I don't know, dinner party there, gathering of thieves. And he's like, no, I want my reward and I want my information and I'm trying to get out of here. Uh, And there's a little back and forth and they finally pay up and she directs him to like some specific little back alley area on Glavis, which is not a planet. It's a man-made structure. 
um, in this alley that the Ishi Tibbs sent Din to. He's like scanning these little markings on the wall and he sees the Mythosaur skull and follows it down to uh, the new Mandalorian covert that's got all the people who are left from that battle on Navarro, which is two people, the armorer and Paz. So the two people who got names were the only ones that survived. If you didn't get a figure, you are toast. Um, We sprayed Din's leg where he still got like a festering open dark saber wound. And obviously they're like, well, how did that happen? And he shows him the dark saber. There's this like, awesome shot with Paz in the background where the focus switches from the saber hilt to his face and um, the armor asks for it and Paz like I, I don't know he's it's like a it's like a altar boy carrying communion up to uh, at church or something he's holding this thing like with reverence or whatever and takes it over to her and um, she asks if Din knows what it is and he like sort of knows what it is and then she gives him her side of the dark saber story. And I'm just going to preface this. Some of these clips are a little bit longer, but um, they're all pretty close to about a minute. All this talk of the empire and they lasted less than 30 years. Mandalorians have existed 10,000. What do you know of this blade? I am told it is the dark saber. Indeed. Do you understand its significance? Nope. Whoever wields it can lead all of Mandalore. He sort of, if he gets it suggest- is won by creed in battle, it is said one warrior will defeat twenty and the multitudes will fall before it. If, however, it is not won in combat and falls into the hands of the undeserving, it will be a curse unto the nation. Mandalore will be laid to waste and its people scattered to the four winds. The hilt is of a quality of Beskar I have never seen before. It was forged over a thousand years ago Mm -hmm. by the Mandalore Tar Visla. He was both Mandalorian and Jedi. I have met Jedi. Then you have completed your quest. I have. Yeah, that's why he's not with me, duh. Then you may join our covert as we rebuild. <laughs> this is the way. This, this is, the, is way. the way. This is the way. Like they're in a position to be turning away Mandalorians, honestly. <laughs> right. <They're a> covert <laughs> with of two, two of them left, yeah. But... I, I like how it's it's kind of like in a in a game, though, when you go back to the main character, like you completed yeah. your side quest, and now you can go on another side quest and do more things and get more gear pretty much what it is yeah. so well he that's almost exactly what it was uh yeah. this this is like slightly off topic but the place they're in they were in was like kind of weird right i mean i guess the whole place this whole structure is kind of weird but when we first walk in the the armor is just like chilling on the edge of like a hanger going out into space or like she's just looking into the vo- I mean she's super weird and bordering on creepy and crazy anyway but like she's just staring out into the void no guardrail it is classified glavis is classified as a ring world there we go and we're already talking about it so I didn't even have to backtrack look at that yeah see <laughs> on topic look at you um, it looked like they were like down in a hangar 
or something though. Yeah, like you could dock you know I mean? like a dock a, a ship like, down yeah. there or something, which maybe oh, yeah. you can, I don't know, but uh it was just weird the yeah. way she was like sitting on the edge of not a cliff, but like just empty space. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So uh she gives him that whole explanation about the dark saber, which is, to be fair, like her opinion, not uh, you know, necessarily fact, but mm-hmm. um so they're dragging out her, her, uh, I don't know what would we call that forge, I guess, which was just like tucked yeah. away in a corner mm-hmm. and she's going to melt down this Beskar spear. And she explains that, uh, you know, Beskar isn't meant to be made into a weapon. It's very existence threatens Mandalorians because a Beskar weapon could pierce Beskar armor. Uh, I say, tell that to the whistling birds you made, whistling but bird. that's, you know, who am I to say? Uh, so she's like, let's melt this down. He says, let's make something for a foundling because I'm good like that, but let's make it for a specific foundling, uh, Grogu. And I don't know if he name dropped Grogu to the armor earlier or if she just used her context clues, but she knew exactly what was going on right away. And I didn't catch this the first time, but they did, they did say, let's make armor for a foundling. So presumably whatever they made for him that's in that little tiny satchel is some kind of armor obviously not traditional like plate beskar armor like they wear or it wouldn't fit in that little tiny folded up rag and she was making chain links but uh i don't know some kind of armor very tiny chain links yep and so uh she does that she figures out there's a little exchange about um you know while you're Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments. It's a big part of their training. And and he says, well, that's sort of the opposite of, of um, the way how we're supposed to rely on each other and, and have each other's backs, um, which is kind of an, I never really thought about it that way, but um, you can definitely see that perspective. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Did, did we think it was weird that when they, first, when she, when in, Season one, I guess, when Jedi were first brought up, it seemed like she didn't really know. Like, oh yeah, I heard about some wizard. Kind of, I can't remember what the quote was, but it wasn't like, oh, the Jedi, and I know specific things about how they do things. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, the the scriptures foretold uh, tell about these wizards mm-hmm. that were an enemy to the Mandalorians. Like, it was more vague. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It does seem like she uh, is a little more familiar with them now. Like she she picked up uh, something at the library or something, did a little research, got some of those sacred Jedi texts. I was gonna say maybe she's got some sacred Jedi texts that she goes to, and that's what she's been reading. I don't know. I think that's a valid point. Um, Yeah, and Dre he says that is the opposite of our creed: loyalty and solidarity are the way. And which I, I mean. That's a bit of a loaded interpretation. Like uh, the Jedi are not supposed to form attachments, but I don't think that means they're not committed to each other or to do whatever, whatever. Um, I mean, they, they swear loyalty yeah, to, to the Republic, to, the, to democracy. Yeah, it's like part of their whole oh, thing. Wait, yeah, to like ideals, <laughs> but whatever. Right. Um, and then Din, in like the most tactless and also. Of course she does, goes ahead and is like, oh, uh, ever heard of Bo-Katan? Like, uh, duh. 
Yeah, and obviously they believe two completely, totally opposite things from one another, uh, but he just throws it out there, and here's what uh, the armorer says. Have you ever heard of Bo-Katan Kreese? Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale. She once was laid peeing. claim to rule Mandalore <laughs> based purely on blood and the sword you now possess. But it was gifted to her and not won by creed. Not wrong. Bo-Katan Kreese was born of a mighty house, but they lost sight of the way. Her rule ended in tragedy. They lost their way, and we lost our world. Had our sect not been cloistered on the moon of Concordia, we would have not survived the Great Purge. Very, very interesting there. And that's a tale we don't, I don't think we have all that information on yet, right? We don't know how she lost the Darksaber to Gideon. We don't know what happened in the time that Sabine gave her the saber to now, correct? Not specifically. I mean, presumably on the Night of a Thousand Tears when they killed all those Mandalorians. Moff, we know Moff Gideon was there for that. They, they told us that in The Mandalorian, and presumably that's when he got the Darksaber um, mm -hmm. there. Uh, her whole thing, and this goes back to a bunch of Clone Wars stuff, but the... The warriors of Mandalore that were banished were on the moon of Concordia for like a long, long time before the Clone Wars, which is a long, long time before now. And so for her to be like, well, because we followed the way, we went up to the moon and it saved us because we did like, no, that's not mm -hmm. really how that happened. You got banished. Because you guys wouldn't stop being buttholes and destroying the whole planet by fighting each other, and you just happen to what? not be on the mainland when the whole. Although, place granted, I'm up. wondering if she's talking about she's talking about the oh, ahead, the the children of the Watch going back to the planet because you know Pre Vizsla brings Death Watch back to the right. planet, yeah, but then they're only there for like everything a half goes hour. down, and then no, I know, but like I wonder if she's talking about like. She's talking more so about like when the children of the watch broke off and became even more extreme from death watch that that'd be my guess but i don't know mm -hmm. it's I'll hard because it, you're right like it, it's like well wait you were on concordia but the death watch group was essentially banished to the same location right well, death watch formed from was the people that were banished to that i mean chicken or the egg but yes yeah yeah so it's it's hard to tell like it seems like it's this very convoluted intertwining web of, I don't even lies, deception, whatever you want to call it amongst well, all of them. In true religion, fat, <laughs> whatever. I, I don't even go that route, but like she's saying what fits her narrative. Like this is what fits my story. This is what makes us look good. Like does the way you obtain a sword determine the you, like that's absurd right. of course whether there are rules kyle i, I mean that's well, just not but see to me it's, it makes it sound like the way that they live right the way that the armor the the co the covert whatever before not removing the helmet to me sounds like it was more of the traditional way of being a mandalorian for the previous ten thousand years 
But then you had Tarvizla, who creates this sword, which they believe is the the thing of power, and and it changes, right? It kind of changes that Mandalorian vibe that now whoever wields the dark saber all of a sudden is in charge of the Mandalorians. When for ten thousand years prior, nine thousand years prior to that, that wasn't the case, and that's why she's like looking at it and she just hands it right back, like I don't care. Like, your sword doesn't mean anything to me. So, when I look at it, I go, okay, well, is she really, like, this really extreme group, or is she, like, the ancient group of Mandalorians? I don't think so. She could be the new group thing that they have lineage to the old group. I, that would be my guess. <laughs> well, she never the new said group, that... But the old group, but part of the new group. <laughs> she never said that we've been doing it this way for 10,000 years. She said Mandalorians have existed for 10,000 years. And yes. we know that this is like a, a more extreme spinoff of Death Watch. And we... I mean, we assume that from the name. Well, and from the whole, like, Paz's ancestors were like in the yeah we have the family it just makes sense connection. but yeah. mm-hmm. the, the separation happened prior to the clone wars when the crees well when bo katan not not bo katan sorry when satine said look if all we ever do is fight and fight and fight we're just going to keep destroying this planet and keep destroying each other until there's nothing left and that's when there that divide happened where they tried to live a more like moderate type of existence and all those warrior people left. And that's where like she felt like they were getting away from the Mandalorian way. And then Mm -hmm. when things went bad after that, I believe that's when those, the death watch type of people, there was a sect of them that spiraled out even more extreme to become these children of the watch people. Um, but her whole premise that like if you win the dark saber by creed you can rule mandalore and bring us all together but if you win it the wrong way then we're going to be destroyed and scattered to the wind like that's ridiculous because they Prophecy. were they were destroyed by the the empire because they were a threat it didn't matter like the mandalorians were going to be a threat regardless of who was ruling the planet at that time so it didn't it's all just it, to me, that's my interpretation of it. Let's um, let's keep going with it because, well, Josh, hit your point real quick, and then we'll keep moving forward because I want to come back to this towards the end because I've got some very interesting theory for you. Um, well, first of all, I feel like she was like, "Heard of her? That bitch owes me ten dollars." Yeah. Like, <laughs> but and two to uh to change a quote from uh, a Kevin Smith movie didn't fit my narrative. Uh, and uh, two. We saw him get rescued by Death Watch. So he's been around since before the cult was formed. Why don't you know anything? Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe they're very limited in the information that they share with people. I don't well, know. Well, because we know. Is Concordia like the, is like Mandalorian North Korea? Like, is that well, like. It, it can't be though. Anything? Because we know yeah. that during the Clone Wars, when Din was rescued by Death Watch. They were up on Concordia whipping their helmets off and having a good old time. Bo-Katan was slapping Ahsoka on the ass. Like they were just living their life as Mandalorians. And there was none of this, like, this is the way and we never take our helmets Mm. off. And it wasn't like that. They were warriors and they wanted to fight people and they would just shoot droids for fun and target practice. But 
Very it wasn't true. like this mean. Children of the Watch thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It was well, only let's 40 move, years let's ago. Let's move it on. So we, we're, we're forging some new armor. Uh, we got yeah. Bo's a bad girl. Don't go near her. She's evil. Uh, and then Din wants to go see Grogu. Yeah, and that's where we get the, yeah, the Jedi don't like that. And that's sort of the opposite of what the Mandalorians think. And uh, clearly he's going to go visit anyway because he made armor for him and he so much as tells Fennec Shand at the end of the episode. So uh, he doesn't really care what the Jedi want. And then we go to Darksaber training. Solus. You are fighting against the blade. It gets heavier with each move. That is because you are fighting against the blade. She just said that already. You should be fighting against your opponent. Stand up. Boom. Done. There. Feel it. You are too weak to fight the Dark Saber. It will win if you fight against it. Cannot control it with your strength. Shrek, and it, it's it's very interesting because a, a mind that is not set, and this was what I brought up on Friday. Like, if your mind is not set on what you want, I think you are essentially fighting against the dark saber. Whereas when we've seen it wielded in the past, those individuals holding it have their mind on a direct objective, and they are fighting against their enemy. Here, he's like sparring with it, and the armor is not his enemy, and he's. And he's distracted thinking about Grogu. Well, I think that's, so that's the thing is he doesn't have the clarity. It's a clarity of mind thing. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's unfocused. And that's like a huge, this is a Jedi weapon. You know, I mean, Mandalorians wield it, but it still has a Kyber crystal and it still uh, is draws its energy from the force. And uh, it still has that spiritual element. And I've got some stuff that Kanan said about it that we can read later, but um yeah. yeah it's it's like your intent of purpose matters and you you have to um be deliberate with what you're doing and i think he lacked the focus yeah and i just love that line though persistence without insight will lead to the mm. same outcome yeah she's just the definition of insanity <laughs> it's just the definition well, she says, of insanity you, you cannot control it, it with your strength yeah i want to try again she says, well persistence without insight will lead you to the same outcome <laughs> She's like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm focused. And she says, the, the blade says, or the sword says differently. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But then, of course, uh, we knew this was going to happen as soon as he saw the dark saber right here. And he sure did like choose his moment to like a total slime mm-hmm. ball. Like Dan <laughs> is huffing and puffing. He can barely lift the light, the saber up now. Uh, he just got like kind of reprimanded a little bit for not being that good at it and up walks past and he's like hey by the way uh my great 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 ancestor made that thing and i want to fight you for it right now that's my peepaw Mm. sword yeah (laughs) (laughs) my grandpappy made that 
so Din's like, yeah, sure. And they had they take they do like a big dramatic let's take off our jetpack thing. So I guess in theory we could just fall off the edge and die because there's no railings in Star Wars, but uh that did not happen. Taking off your taking off your um jetpack is the equivalent of like taking out your earrings, taking off your chain. Oh, they're just getting for the ready fight. for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which this was a total like two football players fighting in full pads too, because they're like what headbutting each other in the Beskar armor. And what's really funny to me is neither one of them. They're both losing when they have the dark saber. Like they both want to have it. And Din is getting his butt kicked when he has it. And when it gets knocked yes. out of his hand and Paz picks it up, he can't do anything with it. And Din beats the crap out of him. Like whatever. It was mm-hmm. kind of ironic, but uh, yeah, neither one of them looks very good in this fight, and ultimately it ends up with Din having a blade at Paz's throat, and the armor's like, okay, that's enough. We can't be slitting throats. Only There's only three people. of us. <laughs> We're losing a third of yeah. our population if one of you dies. <laughs> so, Paz, have you ever taken your helmet off? No. Din, have you ever taken your helmet off? Crickets. <laughs> crickets, crickets, <laughs> crickets, crickets. Uh, yeah, this one time. Screw you, you're out. That was the so, gist. So, of it. so, what, 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 what had happened, what happened was, was uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not having it. You're out. He didn't, he like, she wasn't well, he listening. He didn't even try. He didn't even try. Yeah. And then he, he was just like, try, what do I do but... to redeem myself? Not even like, hey, I had to do it to save a foundling and that maybe fits with the rules. Maybe uh, he just said, uh, what do I do to redeem myself? And she says, one may only be redeemed in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. He says, but the mines mm. have all been destroyed. This is the way. Suck it up. So he's out. He's out of there. Boom. And um, essentially, he got really everything he needed from the crazy zealots. He melted down his Beskar spear to get a uh, Grogu present. He got a little little uh, knowledge about the Darksaber and the Night of a Thousand Tears. And we are back on our way. Dim hops a commercial flight to Tatooine. And when he does his strip down of all his weapons and didn't even want to do it, didn't uh, realize he was going to have to do it. That's what made me think like, well, how did he get to the bounty and back? Presumably not this way yeah. or he wouldn't have been so surprised and probably not bringing a bag of decapitated head as a carry on. But I don't know. I don't know the Maybe rules. He caught a lift with somebody. Yeah. So yeah. he gets back to Tatooine where he runs into Pelly. He says, Hey, I got your message that you've got a replacement for the razor crest. She, what message? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> she, she says, what message? And we get all the... I mean, I, I don't really have a, mu- a ton to say about this stuff, but it's all the Naboo fighter, starfighter. We're getting gear from the Jawas and telling little jokes yep. about dating Jawas, and we're building the ship, and he takes on a test flight through Beggar's Canyon where we see a womp rat chilling and a bunch of... There's a... There's Star Wars references abound left and right here on Tatooine, <laughs> and he takes it for a test flight up in the air and outruns outruns the law, which is always fun. And uh, Fennec asks him he to help Mando, uh, and he says, "Okay, yeah, go ahead, Josh." Two things: um, one, uh, the furry, all the furry comments are a uh, another clue that Lucasfilm is watching our live stream. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. true. And two. Uh, and trying to get Maggie Pittsburgh. turned on, apparently, with all the furries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jawas are almost villains, too. You know, 
So, uh, they're they're definitely tweeners. They were sort of Robin Hood in this in this uh, episode. Robin from yeah. the Pikes giving to the Mandalorians. Oh, they do what they got to do to survive. And so. I saw a meme that was Han Solo on the Leo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the. Does anybody remember the name of that uh, yeah. thing off the top of their head? The long tube thing. They called it something. I can't remember. I, I don't remember the catalytic part name, converter from the trash. Yeah, com- yeah no, from the trash not that, but they did name it. Yeah, but since we're shoving a bunch of episode one references into this, um, I mean, it would be pretty cool if we saw like old man Wado and he's like, "Oh, Nubian!" Like, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> like, she she did drop a J type reference uh, in there when he after he landed. She does she does say those J type drives really get you in the pants or something like that and she does drop a j-type reference there this was uh this was Pelly's wait hold on real quick before the, you play that oh. do do we really think Watto's still alive and kicking uh, like, he's become one with the yeah. living force by now right he was already in he's, he, was, he was pretty old he was an old by, timer in episode one yeah um did yoda not look old, old in every time we've ever seen him i he just looks a little bit older yeah, fair. I don't. I, I think Watto aged a lot faster in three yeah. movies than Yoda did in the course of of uh, four or five. So I, I don't know. He could still be flying flying around yeah, there. I don't we'll know. See. Maybe he'll show um, up. Someday. This was this Pelly was super excited about the uh, the Naboo N one Starfighter. This was her. She's always trying to make a it. buck. She was excited about the sale. Hmm. Do you have any idea what this is? This is an N1 Starfighter, handmade for the Royal Guard and commissioned personally by the Queen of Naboo. This is a pile of junk. Do you want your credits back? Yes. No skin off my dip swap. Droids! Offer what? Bring this lovely man his money! No skin off my dip swap. (laughs) Um, The terms that Pelly uses uh well, she can turn a phrase that's for this sure episode was fantastic and again uh stick around at the end of this episode because i got i got something great i'll play for you guys when we get done but um yeah mando he's he's flying his ship he goes on his test run through uh he goes through um beggars canyon we see the ramp uh the destroyed ramp from the pod race that was there yeah. it's still destroyed can i Never tell you one it. thing that pelly said i, I think it might have been like right after what you just played but she was like these are way harder to find than those stupid old razor crests and if i was him yeah. i would have been like but i asked for a razor crest <laughs> so like if <laughs> like it's if easier to find, find why didn't you don't need a yeah. razor crest we got razor crest at home yeah <laughs> the razor crest at home only fits one person and has nowhere to put a bounty like <laughs> I, I mean i don't know man it seems like she was definitely doing the used car salesman thing. I yeah, don't know if we can sure. trust everything she says. For sure. Uh, he's, so he's, um, he's flying around and he, he gets up. He, he leaves land. He finally says, all right, I'm going to take it up. I'm going to see how it does. And then he gets, gets hassled, a little hassling by the man up there, right? Yeah, Just, you know, so. hey, don't, don't be flying so close to the transport speeders. Right? You're going to, the kids are in there. The families are in there. Well, yeah, but then they start wanting fishing. any dangerous flying. Well, and then then we realize that uh, one of them uh, recognizes his voice well, and, and his, Carson and his face. I think mm-hmm. looking at each other. Relinquish your flight controls for remote control access. Which that's oh, awesome, by the way, Lieutenant. I think we can let him off with a warning this time. Thank you, officer. I'll have that taken care of. One thing before you go. Yes. Yes. Your voice is mighty familiar. Hmm. Mighty. Did you used to fly a Razor Crest? 
I think you have the wrong guy, <laughs> Dot, officer. dot, dot. That ship <laughs> showed up on a transponder log back in Navarro in an incident involving Imperial remnants. I'm just connecting some dots here. You mind answering a few questions? Nope. See ya. <laughs> Look at that nitrous. <laughs> How did it jump? It didn't power up his hyperdrives. Didn't jump, kid. Those were his sublight thrusters. So There's no trace on our sensors. Real fast. Are we That's reporting this? <laughs> yeah. You want to go back to base? Fill out reports all day? No, sir. No, sir. Reminded me a lot of like, uh, you know, if you're up there, you know, you're in the Air Force flying F-15s and you see a UFO and it's, you're playing with it a little bit and then it just takes off and you're like, hey, uh, should we let anybody know about this? You're like, nope, nope, let it go, man. Just let it go. Sounds like military yeah, protocol. He was just gone. Yep. Yeah. Just let's not report that. It's, uh, it's, uh, nobody needs to know about UFOs that we're seeing up here, but yeah, he, uh, Carson Teva recognizes his voice. And, uh, uh do you think they were going to ask about the dark saber specifically? <laughs> Sir, are you, are wielding you wielding a dark the dark saber? Are you now the rightful ruler of Mandalore? That's when, that's when you got a lawyer up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then to your point, yeah. Fennec. The only time we get uh, a little mention of Boba is at the very end when um, there's a security breach in the hangar and um, Pelly's droids are terrible. Uh, they don't she does really have a little BD do. droid, though. Shout out to She Jedi does. Paul he was Arter. pretty cute. He did a little happy pause mm. dance like, yeah, I did something good. Um, but yeah, Fennec, Fennec enlists his help. By any chance, are you looking for work? Might could be. Pay is good. What's the bounty? No bounty. We need muscle. Muscle. Boba Fett. We. He sure would appreciate it. Tell him it's on the house. Nice. The first. Mando's got money in the bank, I apparently. pay a visit to a little friend. First. I gotta pay a visit to a little friend. So we're gonna get that visit in the Mandalorian, and Mando will just pop back up in the Boba Fett? Is that what we think? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's interesting because how do you blend that together? And you got two more episodes of Book of Boba Fett, right? He's do we do we see him go visit Grogu or no? I think we'll just know that he's gone because he said it. And this next episode will be maybe we're okay. recruiting a few more uh, heavy hitters and we're building up to the confrontation that's going to happen in the last episode when Mando shows back up. Potentially, that's going to be my guess if I'm a betting man. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. I, yeah. That's what I would think too. Like, I don't think we're going to see that. It's just too early for. I do think we'll see it in the in Mandalorian the next season. Oh yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think I we'll can see, see that. It in the book of Boba Fett. But I I don't think we I don't think you're going to see Luke. Uh, it's too early to bring that back in. Do you think um, Luke maybe? At some point, could give Din a little training in his dark dark saber skills. Maybe. I'd That'd rather see Sabine do it. I would too. Whoa. That would be very cool. I don't know if that is realistic. Maybe it is. I also think that it makes more. It might make more sense. Uh, have Ahsoka do it. Yeah, that could be. Well, my thought is that someone. A Jedi is going to have a better understanding of 
how this all works than uh, the armorer who may know whatever she knows about the dark saber itself, but probably can't really understand connecting to it the way a Jedi could. But um, Sabine would understand. And I do have um, a little quote from Kanan that I pulled from um, the episode that I think was in season four of rebels. I probably should have had this in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it was season four where uh, Sabine is doing basically exactly what Din was doing today, getting trained up with the dark saber. Um, because if you have it, people are going to want to fight you with it. So you better be able to use it. And, um, he says to her, you're fighting against the blade, uh, just like the armorer said. And he says, energy constantly flows through the crystal. You're not fighting with a simple blade as much as you're directing a current of power, your thoughts, your actions, they become the energy. They flow through the crystal as well. They flow through the crystal as well and become a part of the blade. He said, the sword is old, heavy, but powerful, respect its strength. And as she's fighting with it, she says the blade feels lighter. And he says, you're connecting with it. It's becoming a part of you. You're not fighting me. You're fighting yourself and losing. That's what he says to her at the end when she's having trouble with it. And again, that's what Din was having trouble with too. Um, mm-hmm. Because even though he was trying to fight the armor, he was still fighter, fighting this internal struggle he's having with what he's supposed to be doing um, should he be protecting Grogu? Should he be listening to the armor or should he be listening to Bo-Katan? Um, you know, he, I think he's conflicted and that's showing, but great episode yeah. of rebels. Uh, Kane and Sabine are both very awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if you're one of those people that doesn't, hasn't watched the animated stuff, then all of this dark saber business is probably new to you, but, um, it, it's good content. It, it, directly ties into everything that you're watching in this live action stuff and if you haven't watched it yet go back and watch it because it is really some of the better storytelling in star wars as far as a continual lineage across multiple multiple seasons um so go check it out it's especially with mandalorians right now there are a few clone wars storylines and a couple rebel storylines that are very 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 mandalorian centric that would Add a lot of context to this stuff, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to go back to um a little bit with the Moff Gideon stuff when uh Paz first asks how he obtained the Dark Saber. Um, and he basically says, I want it in battle against Moff Gideon. Where did you come upon the Dark Saber? I defeated Moff Gideon. Did you kill him? No. Should've. But he was sent off to the New Republic for interrogation, and he will face justice for his crimes. Death would have been justice for his atrocities. This is true. The blood of millions of our kind is on his hands. Then he will be executed for his crimes by the New Republic Tribunal. We shall see. I thought that was really, really interesting. Yes, because the New Republic is still forming. There are still gaps in the New Republic, clearly, because we get uh, a little bit of Leia's story in in uh, Bloodlines. When I mean, there's whole there's conspiracies. There's moles. There's still people vying for power, really, because things aren't that established. And and yeah, and that's. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Well, no, I good. think for the Mandalorians too, and especially for like these kind of zealot culty Mandalorians, uh, there's just like a general distrust of outsiders and the establishment, um, which is what I get. It's like, no, that's just big government. They're never going to do the right thing. They're never going to do right by us. He was part of the system. He's still in the system. They'll probably find a way to mm-hmm. pardon him or he'll, you know, that it's just uh, no faith that the, that justice is going to be served by the people in power. Um, super relatable. Yeah. And, and I can see where they have hesitations with it too, from their own people. Cause look at Duchess. Duchess was going for a more peaceful, uh, a more peaceful way about Mandalore. Yeah. And if that, let's say that same scenario had happened and they catch him, is she just going to lock him in a prison and not kill him? Whereas, you know, pre and others would have said, no, he needs to die for the atrocities that, that he's committed. Um, but the conversation I think leaves no doubt that he was responsible for what happened on Mandalore. I mean, mi- millions, literally millions. millions. Um, oh, and, yeah, Operation Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, and when you see the operation the way that it was with the TIE bombers and then the K2SO droids moving in there, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to use the droids, right? Versus sending troops in more than anything because he's he's heavy into like the science and the the trying to do the dark troopers. And it seems like he's more into that than, hey, I don't want to waste manpower. Let's just do this. That was also just such a sick look like terminator 2 decimated i mean you don't love to see Mm -hmm. mandalore burning but it was a very nice visual yeah oh yeah um and then there was one other bit of mandalorian lore that she brought up that i thought was a little interesting too the songs of eons past foretold of the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of mandalore You see the skull, the mythosaur Sadly, skull in her thing. it only exists in legends. Where did you come upon the Beskar spear? It was the gift of a Jedi. It can block a lightsaber. I used it to defeat Moff Gideon. It can also pierce Beskar armor. Oops. Its mere existence puts Mandalorians at risk. All Mandalorian steel is meant for armor, not weapons. Then forge it into armor. Armor. He just he gave it up. He's just like, here you go. The dark saber is a more noble weapon. Uh, just to gonna you say, to wield. you don't need a Beskar spear and a dark saber. That's gluttonous. <laughs> which which he did kind of walk into that chop shot the um the meat plant mm-hmm. with like the spear the armor geared up. He's yeah. fully Arm- geared up. Yeah. He is. Uh, he like got all the super cool weapons like. Doing oh, the side he's definitely about early to finish the and like hasn't game. leveled up enough. End. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this brings up a question I have. So mm-hmm. we had that whole little thing where she said the waters, um, the living waters under the mines of Mandalore, and now um, the songs of eons past foretold of the Mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. Um, are these just crazy things that the uh, armor is saying that don't really serve any purpose or are some of these chickens going to come home to roost at some point? Uh, Josh, you want to go? I'd hope so. 
you know the stupid thought I had was the the Mythosaur rising is Boba coming out of the sand, but I know that's probably not what she means or what it would mean. But that was the like that was the instant vision that came into my brain. Well, uh, as a metaphor, that would make sense, uh, and he would be kind of like that that bridge between the sort of Tuscan school of thought and the Mandalorian school of thought and all those things, but I don't know either. It it would be nice to see this being some metaphor for something that we're actually going to see happen. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, and we've already... Star Wars is not the real world as much as we'd like it to be. And we've already seen that when we're told about a prophecy, it happens. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it just seems, uh, what's the point in mentioning these two things? Maybe the... It works either way, though. Yeah. If it's just flowery language to make it sound cool, it still works. But I'd really Mm. like it to mean something. I mean, it's possible that the living waters below the Mines of Mandalore are really just gone, and that was a way of expressing, like, no, you did it, your fate is sealed, you can't get back into this covert and shut the door on that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Those were two like very specific, like very cool sounding things to mention to just like, yep, yeah, never mind, both fake. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It it's interesting though because we've you know they've talked a little bit out. I think was it um was it Ahsoka that said it? Uh, there's always some truth in legends, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was her that said it. Yep. Um, it but what we've seen in what we've seen in Bad Batch and in Mando and a little bit in Boba Fett is some of this comic stuff from the Legends comics coming into fruition, right? Maybe not exactly the same way, but we're getting hit like Mount uh, was Mount Tantis on um, at the end of uh, Bad Batch, mm-hmm. right? Which it was in. Um, the comics and, and was, was not, was not canon for a while and then was now canon again. Right. So you're getting this coming in to play. And I saw this, I've seen this in a couple places. There's a theory that, so in one of the comics that is no longer canon, Django Fett beat Tor Vizsla, not Tar Vizsla, Tor Vizsla in one of the comics in hand-to-hand combat. If, the blade was still with house Visla at that time, right? Technically the blade would have gone to Django Fett, but clearly when we see him get beheaded, so you're saying Mace by Windu is Mace the rightful Windu, owner. So you're saying Palpatine is the rightful owner. So you're saying <laughs> no, Vader no. is the rightful owner. <laughs> well, no, but like, so the, so technically if he beat Tor, if he beats Tor Vizsla in hand-to-hand combat, he, the saber's his, right? But it stayed with Pre. It, Pre Vizsla had it when we find it in Clone Wars, right? And who takes it from him? Maul. But the and saber never belonged sister, to Pre. The Wicked Witch of the West. No, I'm just <laughs> the saber never belonged to Pre. He had it unrightfully. It was Django's, if technically you bring that back in. I don't know right? how Pre Vizsla ever so got it. So it goes to Maul. It goes to Maul, and then after Maul, it ends up with Sabine, and then it ends up with Bo, who none of those people really earned it in combat rightfully from the person that had it to begin with, which was Django Fett. Boba is a direct clone of Django Fett, 
So technically, if it's in, in his lineage, now you're telling me that <laughs> it matters how you like it actually matters to the world how you acquire this lightsaber, but <laughs> also if it was your clone dad, that works too. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, I'm just saying that's a theory I've seen floating around out there. It is a little crazy, but at the I, same time, I don't think like it's that wild. I mean, and he actually ended up being Mandalore like in the new Jedi order, post new Jedi order era of the book. Django. Uh, look, no, I, uh, Boba. I'm not telling Boba, you there's yeah. no scenario where Boba could wield the dark saber, rule Mandalore, maybe even bring Mandalorians together and like uh, help them become like a, a powerful race again. But mm-hmm. I'm saying <laughs> the whole you have to win the dark saber in combat or else bad things are going to happen is crazy, like religious propaganda, and also. If you believe that, you can't also believe, like, but if you didn't win it in combat, it's cool if your dad won it. Even <laughs> well, if your I mean, dad is, it's like, more just a it's clone the, DNA donor. Well, yeah, it's more like it's in the family name, right? So like, well, then any then Vizlas could have just passed it down to the Vizsla lot. Like, the, her rule was saying, you have like, to win if it in Django combat. Beats, if Django beats Tor... Right, then he earned. Mm-hmm. If, if if that's the case, he earned the saber. It's Django his. was Mandalore for a time in the comics. In, so in like the expanded universe, yeah. So like, if he earns the saber, it's his. But when he goes off and fights Mace Windu, he never had the saber with him. So Mace kills him. The saber's just chilling out there. Pre Vizsla finds it and takes it back. He didn't take it by combat. It's now back with House Vizsla when it should belong to the Fets. And he, the rightful heir would have been Boba just based off of lineage. And then if Pre Vizsla wanted it, he should have been like, all right, well, I got to fight Boba for it, even though he's like 12. So, I don't know. Inheriting the Darksaber through being willed by your parent. I've never heard of that. But I mean, if, if the Vizslas had it in their house, I don't even know how long. If it was created a thousand years ago, it's possible they just passed it down after, you know, for years and years and years and they just maintained it. Like... Nobody ever won it from them in combat. But then when one died, he just passes it to his son and or heir, and then that's it. So it stayed in House Visla the whole time. I figured out the real lineage. Hmm. Uh-oh. So Django beats Thor. Mace beats Django. Palpatine beats Mace. Vader beats Palpatine. Luke <laughs> beats Vader. And Luke was killed by Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson is oh, the rightful here ruler we of Mandalore. Go. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, the ruler of Mandalore. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so that, but that's think, my question. Um, How if Mace Windu chopped off uh, Django's head when he, uh, if he had the dark saber at the time? Mm-hmm. How did Mace Windu not beat him in combat? He literally did beat him in combat. He did, but Mace maybe never knew he had the dark saber. So. Well, so so it's you just, only beat the person with the dark saber if you Camino. know they have it? I mean, it would still be right. <laughs> if the rule is the saber belongs to the person who wins it in combat, that mm-hmm. means it would have belonged to Mace because he beat him in combat. True. Yeah. But like this Mace seems too convoluted even for Dave to bring back. So what? Mace, so you win it but in like combat unless you don't that. know? Then it just goes on to whoever? This is no, absurd. no, no. That's what I'm saying. Mace. No, but Mace didn't know that. 
Pre finds the saber and takes the saber. Right? He just knows Jengo's dead. But then it, That's it can't all. go so to Boba then it. because it's so Mace's. He now, un, he now doesn't rightfully, he never rightfully earned the saber in combat. So to her prophecy of when you, when, you know, the person who lays claim to the saber, right, is basically the downfall of Mandalore, right? That started that whole chain of events of it was with Pre pre-fought duchess right you have infighting amongst the mandalorians then you've got maul who comes in there which creates even more infighting the emperor comes in and lays the smackdown on maul and savajo press right doesn't care about the dark saber because whatever dark saber ends up in a cave with what the night sisters is that, that right was in darth maul's cave it was like yeah they, so they shanty. find it in maul's cave it ends up with sabine who kind of knows what it is but doesn't so again she didn't rightfully have it so this whole thing up until the the night of a thousand tears essentially could be because it was all in all these people's hands that never actually earned it in combat and won it from the time that Django had it and died it's crazy theory i don't i don't even understand what that theory is trying to claim though if that like the theory <laughs> The theory would be that this episode was actually about Boba Fett and that he will end up with the right, dark Right, but we saber. already just established that Jango Fett got his head chopped off by Mace, so how would it go to Boba Fett? Well, Mando's got it now, though. So technically, if the rightful heir is Boba Fett... Why would the rightful heir be Boba? Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Because he's Jango's... Jango got his head Jango's cut off by clone. Mace! So Mace won it! But Mace didn't know he had that it. That doesn't matter. You have to know the so person like has the dark saber. No, no, no. But you're missing the step there where pre took the saber without winning it in combat. So what? That's the big, that's that, the big that, catch, Why right? would that make it belong to Boba though? Cause it's already not Jango's. It, it wasn't it. Well, it's not Jango's because he died fighting Mace, right? right? Mace doesn't care. So Take Mace out. So Okay, cool. So it's not... It's Take not, Mace out of the equation. Right, but it can't be Boba's now because Mace decapitated again, Jango. If, if you, and I don't, I don't know enough about it, but if you take... If, if the House Visla just passed it down over centuries, right? Because you're allowed to pass it down within your family and Boba could have said, or Jango could have said, hey, Boba, here's the Darksaber. But Bo- you can but use Django this to rule Mandalore combat, someday. So he lost it by that logic. Maybe Boba didn't know he had it. But how does who Maybe knows who has know it matter it. if it's like a spiritual prophecy thing? You have to win it in combat. Either you won or you lost, and he lost to Mace, so Mace would own it. Okay, so you go that route and you say, okay, well, we know Django got killed by Mace Windu, right? Mace died from the Emperor at some point, mm-hmm. but. That's why this whole thing is at absurd. that point pre Vizla, but pre Vizla, let's say he knew Django died by, by, um, Mace's hands, right? Mm-hmm. He still took the saber. He is not the rightful owner of the saber. Mace would have been, to your point, Mace would have been the rightful owner of the saber, but pre took the saber and he didn't own it. Like it, he didn't win it. So that started that path of Mandalore falling. To her prophecy, that's a long reach. That happened like many years later. (laughs) It happened like 60 years later and the Darksaber got passed between four other people. 
Yeah. I mean, that's it, it was a basically a, lost. That's, what, it was that's like, like her saying a self-fulfilling prophecy, though. I mean, she specifically said this all happened because Bo-Katan got it the wrong way. She's putting it on Bo-Katan. She is. So, she like, is. she's and, saying and that, goes, that Bo-Katan is the singular person who got it the wrong way. And mm-hmm. that's why this happened. Because Sabine did also women. Go, Sabine fought Gar Saxon with the Darksaber. He was trying to claim mm-hmm. it. Um, so she, I mean, I don't know that whole, that's all very crazy to me. I don't think any of that has anything to do with it, but I also think it's all bullshit. Like it doesn't matter how you get, that's not why Mandalore fell. Mm. That's just like a crazy, like old wives tale. It's just her saying, it's her propping up her own beliefs and saying what makes their belief system look Mm. better. Do you think Mandalore would have fallen though if they didn't have as much infighting with each other and if they were more of a united group? But they were all infighting essentially to basically take control of who is the rightful person that should be in charge of Mandalore. That if was they the weren't case fighting for amongst each other. Years, though. Like well, that wouldn't the the goal of the the Death Watch and later the children of the Watch was not uh, for all Mandalorians to get along, it was to continue to live in a perpetual state of war, which is what Duchess Satine was trying to stop. Um, and yeah, Mandalore was going to fall regardless because the Empire was going to bring the fu- full force of the Empire to destroy the whole planet because Mandalorians are a threat. You know, I mean, that's just this is this mm-hmm. has been laid out for us in canon. Yeah. I, I hear you. Here's the thing. Interesting. Go ahead, Josh. The Darksaber was just a family heirloom until Tor Vizsla decided that he was the leader. He was Mandalore, and this is his symbol of being Mandalore. To really, the only people that really think that that's a thing is Death. Mm. It's a symbol. It's like yeah. a thing for the people to rally behind. Just Death it's Watch not, and people that are Death Watch affiliated. It's not a magic, like. like thing so that's bow right right not necessarily the armor who is but falling is into death more but then why wouldn't I... she care about the saber because she doesn't care about the saber. who doesn't the armor well i think the, i think, I think the saber the saber is not as important but it's i think she wasn't mm. trying to challenge din for it she was giving it to him to wield. I think she was trying to like, I don't think it doesn't Boost matter to him. Like, I mean, she told the whole story about it. The rightful ruler of Mandalore will wield it and all those things. You have to win it in combat. And then just, she just hands it back to him. Like, well, there you go. even though she could have clearly bested him, well, was she just going to hold on to it and break her own rule? If you have to win it in combat? Well, no, no, no. I, I think that's the thing is like, cause she could have just said, all right, we're training with this. I'm just going to invoke my challenge right now and just whoop your, whoop your butt. I could if any, if she, if she cares about it. I think she's just fighting her. Hmm. I don't need it right Do now. You think there's, there's only two of us. Yeah. Well, that's we'll the thing. Who's she going to rule? Yeah. The, the yeah. three she's already ruling. I mean, they already she's do already whatever she says. Previs visible right. what to do. Yeah. Good point. Good point. He rules by hammer think, right um, now. Do you think there's any credence to the possibility that the armor is rook cast? It'd be cool if they do if if we get the the some of that story and it makes sense. I'm okay with it. 
It's possible. I've seen Rook with her helmet off a lot of times, though, so that'd be a hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, that's true. what I'm saying. That, uh, that's what I was saying when we brought this up before, though. Is I think that I think the helmets thing is a like fall of Mandalore. Now we're scattered and in hiding, like children of the watch. Once they broke away, thing. Like I, th- I think that, like I think that they present it like, oh, we've been doing this for a long time. I don't think they've been doing that that. Mm. It was like now like they're the like the helmet. It's like thing. a ruse mm. kind of thing going on. Like we're just doing this to deceive you. Okay. Well, not even that. I, I just that. I think I I think they just you know they're they're grandiose you know and they uh, mm. we don't need to talk about how long we've been doing it. You just need to know what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So what uh, what do you guys think of a, a Boba Fettless Boba Fett show? I'll just Star Wars. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine with me. <laughs> it's, it's all it doesn't good. matter. Good Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was okay with it. I, I think uh it really got me hyped though for Man and Mando season three. Um I can't wait for that to come out now. So Yeah, they definitely uh, put some I, stuff on there that he's uh gonna get into, you know. We're definitely going to see Grogu. Yeah. I'm I'm dying to know what they made for him. Like I thought was maybe it was just like a chain it's with a his signet on it or something, but like uh, she said armor, or he said armor, so presumably armor. What if Grogu yeah. hit his growth spurt? And it doesn't fit anymore? <laughs> well, and no, I just mean like he's like gangly. It. He's skinny. He's got like a really thin mustache. <laughs> he's kind of... <laughs> like a little teenager yeah. mustache. Like he's got like a super... undercut. He's got his like home hair combed over. He slams his door on the <laughs> racer crest and it's really angsty. Yeah. He's just doing this on his phone data pad the whole time. Yeah, whatever, Master Luke. God, <laughs> yeah. I'm older than you. <laughs> ah, so I have to train again. Um, I know your dad. Uh, <laughs> you know my, you know my real dad. No, I said yeah, I knew your dad. He no. would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw your dad slaughter um, a bunch of children. Um, I, I know I said this in the live stream. I was not, uh, I wasn't a huge, big, I wasn't a huge Pelimato fan when her character first popped on, but kind of since then she's grown on me. What are you guys feeling on, uh, Pelimato and her dating life with the furry Jawas? I think on Tatooine, you got to take what you can get, right? I mean, there's only so many options. It's not a densely populated place. I've been a Pelimato fan since, she first came on screen. I always like Amy Sedaris pretty much. Um, I think she's a great addition. She's some comic relief. Uh, I don't know. She's a fun new character. I like her. Mm-hmm. She's growing on me. I think, I, I, so I like her. I don't know if I'd want her in like every episode. Like if she was a regular part of the team, I'd be like, I don't know. Let's just, let's go to her when we, let's let her be like you. We need gear. We need a ship. Yeah, she's good for that. Mm-hmm. Couple, like a couple chuckles couldn't see her rolling with quill and uh ig88 that might be a little no nah, we Will's don't you don't get characters that. like that like regularly on star wars though you know it's yeah much too serious for that yeah they're just in passing um no that's a good point though i i do like her character's grown on me um this episode is great i thought she was a riot real quick let's go around josh what are some of your likes uh from this week's show I like Star Wars. No. So I, uh, I obviously loved 
loved, loved the Mandalorian lore and seeing Mandalore. That was really cool. And I hope that, I mean, it was my hope that season three, honestly, we don't even, as long as we know we're going to get Grogu again in like season four, I could, season three could be all about Mandalore, like him figuring out where he belongs. That mm-hmm. that would be just as interesting. Plus, because you know they're going to put some other cute thing in there that's going to sell, or you think it's going to sell, and you pre-order one, and then they're still sitting on the clearance shelf two years later. Whatever, huh. you know. And uh, it's getting dusty back there, my, my Grogu. Um, <laughs> I love all the episode one stuff, but I'll I'll let someone else talk about that if they want to. Um, I felt like the fan it was really fan servicey, but it it all worked so yeah agreed you know what uh music i thought was on point were you digging the music this Ooh, week yeah um some of the music cues well especially because they were they were uh mandalorian you know from the mandalorian yeah they, they did uh, some like modified mm-hmm. arrangements yeah i mean obviously you're getting pieces of the theme and and his like whistle thing and then um but i think my favorite one was when he's sitting on the ship, he's looking at the little napkin that's shaped like Grogu's head, and they play mm-hmm. a little bit of that, uh, the music the that Grogu you hear thing. when he first learns Grogu's name. Mm-hmm. He's like, Grogu, and he looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they play a little bit of that music, and I thought, oh, that's perfect. Like, that's, I yeah. was like, is that going to become, like, Grogu's theme? Like, that would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? Um, we touched on most of the stuff that I liked, um, the stuff that I've been talking about the whole time. But uh, one thing at the very, very beginning, uh, the Klaatuinian, he's just like, that's not me, which I think that's like, it's worth a shot. If someone's like a totally yeah. different species, like obviously yeah. I can tell humans apart. I can't tell like birds apart necessarily or like, orangutans or something like a completely like an ethorian okay i guess that's not you i don't know it it was worth a shot like didn't know what he was doing he's a professional but like i appreciated the effort from the clatuinian yeah um love the bring you in warm or bring you in cold i like the new ring structure um world uh very sick um the armor, she's like crazy, and I 100% think she's like a a, a zealot and a, a unreliable narrator. But she is so sick. She is so cool. Her outfit is cool. Her gear is cool. Her like way over dramatic, just kneeling on the edge of the platform, staring out into the void of space and talking to the people behind me. So so dope. Um, the shot of of Din holding up the dark saber and then Paz behind it. And they shift the focus back to Paz. And like, even though he has a helmet on, you can tell that he like covets this thing so bad. Like he can taste how mm-hmm. bad he wants this dark saber, even though as soon as he picked it up, he was like total trash with it. He couldn't even swing it and just got stabbed in the leg like four times. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting the armor, um, not really having faith in the New Republic, doing right vis-a-vis Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, her, obviously, all the lore, the Night of a Thousand Tears. And I'll mention it one more time. I think I said it earlier, but the Womp Rat just killing or chilling in the middle of <laughs> Beggar's Canyon. Um, 
Yeah. Just waiting to get bullseyed. I liked it. <laughs> he was just sitting there like getting some Chilling. sun. Yep. Getting his, his beach on. Yeah, it was uh No, I love the um the the Starliner droids, like just for me, like the anxiety when you get on a plane and like somebody's gonna lose your luggage, like that part killed me. Um but I the funny part was how easily he gave up all his gear. <laughs> yeah but the the one on the on glavis is it the one on glavis worked really really well but then the one on tatooine was all like tatooine and yeah. like <laughs> stuttering like it was broken and blasted um and, 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 and enjoy your trip like right <laughs> right um it, which uh, to me like brought credence to to kyle's point about the nicely colored speeder bikes like nothing on tatooine should last yeah. or look that good they're waxing when you've got this every that, yeah yeah so um you know i love that the the range trooper that was getting on like as Mando's walking up the ramp, you can see a range trooper coat from uh, Solo, from somebody wearing it, walking right up next to him, obviously without a helmet on, um, but you can only see the back of it. I thought that was a nice use of a previous costume. Um, and then the, you know, obviously the modified Naboo N1 Charger Hellcat Red Eye GT Coupe that he now has, uh, which is which is amazing. So I don't know where you put your bounties in that thing, it's but not it's practical. Fast. It's very dope. And it, it like, unless not. he's going to become uh, like a racer or something like, uh, <laughs> is he going to start yeah. running spice or uh, uh, bootlegging or something? I, I mean, otherwise I don't know what this is really going to do for him, but whatever. Yeah. And it's going to be super awkward when you've got Grogu in the little pod in the back and then you get a bounty and you have like no place to put him. So he and Grogu are like in this little tube pod thing back there. Just, you know, not a good look. No, no. Um, I don't know. And maybe he'll get a new razor crest uh, at the end. And I saw somebody saying that this is going to end up being like the phantom and he's going to have a bigger ship and then he'll have his little fast ship, which could be cool. But like how much money has this guy got? Jeez. Sounds like very expensive, but I mean, he did half the labor on that bad boy. He so did. He better be getting a great deal, a good deal on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, solid episode, top to bottom. Loved it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, can't wait to see it. Like, this show's gone bananas with stuff every week. I do. It's I have, really fun to I watch. I have one teeny tiny nit I would like to pick um, that I have mm-hmm. not mentioned yet. So when she rolls the Naboo starfighter out and she's like, they're getting ready to take it up. She's like, not a gram of fat on it. And I'm like, gram, like we're measuring in grams. And I know that's such like a nit to pick, but like, that's the perfect opportunity where star Wars would take like this normal phrase. Like you've heard, like there's not an ounce of fat on it. There's not a gram of fat on it. Like they could have just changed that word to make it some space unit of measurement. And I still would have known exactly what it was, but yeah. uh, I was annoyed that they're measuring weight in grams in the star Wars universe. I said it, I'm not ashamed yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, brings up a whole other point where if you go back to Han Solo in um, Empire Strikes Back where he says, then I'll see you in hell. I'll and everybody see you like, in hell. What? Yeah, there's a, there's How can a hell be, in Star Wars. This is a space thing. There's, there's a hell in Star Wars? Like, it was, yeah. Well, he- Pelimato says hell and God in, mm. in this show, in this episode. So you get both in this one. So it does exist out there, people. But yeah, this is uh, a crazy, crazy scene. We got two more episodes left. Hell bothers me less than Graham. So I'll throw goes. that out there. <laughs> I don't know okay. why. I'm, I'm just waiting for. I'm waiting for some. Uh, it'll get really bad when some 
character's like, ah, oh, Christ. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. Son of Mary. Um, Jeez, old Pete. <laughs> yeah, which I think everybody speculates on what they think Dank Farrick really means. I have my speculations. If you want to hear them, you can reach out to me. I'm happy to to DM you my speculation on what Dank Farrick means. So, um, but anyway, anything else on uh, anything else on this week's episode before we wrap it up? Go One ahead, editor's note: uh, in the expanded universe, here we go. Watto is still alive Woo! in three A B Y, and this show takes place in nine A B Y, so he could definitely, definitely still be alive. Okay. And it even says, so it says during life day, blah, 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 in three ABY, he did such and such. And then the next sentence is sometime later, Wald took over the part shop after he retired, after Wado retired. So sometime later isn't like a couple months later. At that least sounds a year like or two, at least. A few, yeah. years, a few years later, Wado retired. So we're getting even closer to the time. Yeah, and then presumably gotcha. he's having like a relaxing retirement on Tatooine. So probably, yeah, I guess he probably is still <laughs> alive just, then, huh? Just walks in his backyard, gets on an Adirondack chair, and has a drink. How long does a Toydarian like, live? What's the, what's the life expectancy on those guys? The legend's life expectancy says up to 91. That's older than I would have guessed for okay. a uh, long-nosed flying rat thing. Yeah. Interesting. They mind tricks don't work on them. Only That's them. true. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> if, money. I wonder if that that number's reduced on Tatooine though. Look it's a hard, a big brain on Watto. <laughs> hard life on Tatooine. <laughs> he measures his money in grams. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, you're all clear, kid. Now let's when money is accurate. Home. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed our coverage of episode five, Return of the Mandalorian. Hey! It's been fun to talk about this episode. It was crazy. It had a ton of stuff in it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, you can find Outer and Beacon anywhere on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Outer and Beacon. You can email us, outerandbeacon at gmail.com. Um, come join us Friday night for our live stream ton of fun grab a drink hot cold alcoholic non-alcoholic whatever come have fun with us on friday night we've got two guests i think two guests this week so it should be a fun show it should be chaos again um and then we'll see we had uh we had uh we had a great guest last friday so i'm looking forward to it all of our guests have been pretty good so far except for one sorry I'm just kidding. They've all been good. I was like, we're all guessing. Like, wait, was it me? I'll tell you guys after we're off which guest was bad. They were so bad. Uh, My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Ben Do. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Connect. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on all the social medias. Nice. As always, may the Force be with you. For light and light. Jedi, what do you know? <laughs>
bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. That's pretty good. This is my last yeah. episode since Justin cut me off with the outro music. I'm well, retired I'm about now. To cut you off again. About to cut you off again here too with something else. Hold on. A manifold is missing. Trust me, the last thing you want strangling your thrust capacitor is a vapor manifold. You hit this button, you're going to evacuate your exhaust manifold, if you know what I mean. Do you want to thank me now or you want to thank me later? Oh, Bantha did all. So closer to me, no over to the left, right in the center. You're banging around in there. What's happening? Mm. Just there you go. How hard was that? Title of Josh's Beautiful. Now beat it. These critters could find a scud in a krill pond. Will that do? Oh. Not a gram of fat. Ah, oh, son of a. Give it a little bit more juice. Dink, Ferrick, she's fast. Smooth? There's a gong scomp jack. <laughs> a what? Tight. She tracks like a rail speeder. What did I tell you? Well, how was it? Wizard. Wizard. Those J-type pulse engines really tighten the old evacuation port, don't they? That means butthole. Enjoy, people. Enjoy.